Fox is in the barrel. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, what the hell am I looking for? Recently watched? HBO. 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 Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> Quit stressing. Herbs. Um, we have to say herbs. Herbs. Because... Yep. I, I don't know the name herb. Yeah. I don't know why it would be that way, yeah, but that's the that's... only thing I could figure. Hmm. I know. You, do you say H or do you say H? H. You say H. The Irish say H. I've noticed. They're full of H. Yes. <laughs> the hatred. Are you guys ready? Oh, I. I was born ready. Okay. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will absolutely spoil. But first, we will talk about some recently watched... Probably going to spoil that, too. Um, we thank the Moon Rays for giving us that song. Intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. We are not professional critics. No, no, no. We're your hosts. I'm Richard, and I'm here with Jolien. Hello. And Will. Goodbye. So, um, as I, I don't know if I cut I off. I know why you say hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, people listen when they're listening. It doesn't matter, you know, if we say hello or. He's making uh, a Beatles reference. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I missed it. Their song, uh, Rocky Raccoon. Oh. Doesn't contain any of those words. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rocky or Raccoon. <laughs> no, I meant never mind. Okay. So, um, since we did this last recently watched, Julian, you want to start it? Yes. Do it. Uh, all right. Straight in with the extreme horror. Uh, fun, fun, le tulip, 1952, Christian Jacques. Uh, oui. This is a swashbuckling and romance movie set during the Seven Years' War. Uh, the breakout role for Gina Lola Brigida. Oh, lovely. As a gypsy fortune teller. Hmm, stereotype. Uh, Gerard Philippe plays the dashing hero. It's pretty funny. Uh, impressive stunts. Nice line in black sardonic humor. Uh, shot by the great Christian Maras, who worked with Franju and Bunuel and Cocteau and Renoir. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Illegal from 1955, directed by Lewis Allen. Um, odd tonal shifts, compromised hero. Uh, got a Max Steiner score, which makes this worth watching, in my opinion. Uh, Edward G. Robinson sends DeForest Kelly to the chair to start with and ends up defending a mob boss played by Albert Decker. 
Uh, Jane Mansfield plays the mobster's mole angel before she was a big star. Mm. And starts with the POV killer. Really? I think she was yeah. a big star from the start, though. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. What year was this? 55. 55 with the killer's POV. POV killer, yeah. Yeah, wow. Mm. I wonder if that's the earliest. Probably yeah. not. I don't know any early ones. I mean, there's definitely POV, like Jekyll and Hyde had a POV. But mm. it, he, he's not the killer at that point. Ah. He's not on his way to a kill. But this one is like straight in there. Hmm. Goes into a room and uh, an apartment and knocks somebody off. Uh, Probably to get their apartment. His rent's so high. <laughs> um, it's not fifty-five. It's twenty cents. Yeah, it's breaking the bank back. Then twenty cents is like twenty thousand dollars now. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, we're not not here to inform people about economic history with great Are we accuracy. Not? No. Uh, back back to the video nasties. Uh, I miss you, love and kisses, which is like the. The gentlest title on the video nasty list. <laughs> Conversely, the most gory, awful, actually nasty movie on the list. This one is also known as Drop Dead Dearest and Left for Dead. Oh. It's from 1978. It's a Canadian movie uh, directed by Marco Markovitz. 87 long minutes. Ooh. Um, starts with Elkie Summer being bashed to death in the garage with a lead pipe. Boo! Her husband is arrested, and we get his rags to riches backstory, including an escape from Hungary to Toronto, and a scene at a chicken slaughterhouse. He's a despicable guy, and the actor's not overburdened with charisma either. At one point, we uh, we cut from him to a trip to a mall, to a maniac stabbing a hitcher, then raping her, then it's back to dead Elkie Summer, probably a body double, with a ridiculous amount of blood thrown all over her. The police strip her on the spot, then later plant a mic in her coffin so that they can catch the husband saying something incriminating. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. Uh, I'm sure it was necessary to include those scenes. Pretty dull apart from the sleazy bits. Look for the sound mic reflection in a bedroom scene. Uh, debut film score for Howard Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the murder case of Peter Demeter. <laughs> Peter Demeter. Peter Demeter. I was a pumpkin eater. <laughs> all right. Here's he was a meter reader. <laughs> he was that too. Here's a brand new movie we all saw. Knights of the Zodiac. Oh, yeah. 2023. Uh, directed by Thomas Baginski. This, so the cast, you've got Fomka Janssen, Sean Bean, Mark Dacascos. Um, the hero, Seiya, is played by Makin Ryu, who's the son of Shinichi Chiba. Oh, okay. Um so, Knights of the Zodiac is based on one of my favorite anime series, Saint Seiya. Um, but if you throw out most of the characters and add in a couple of new ones with obscure motivations, if you replace the specific villains with generic punching bags and ditch all the escalating conflicts of cosmic struggle into a dull-as-dirt origin story where the hero's turning point is literally him coming out of the closet. Hmm. Generic soundtrack instead of a great one. Uh, first, I wondered if this was worse than Mortal Kombat, but it's also worse than Thor Love and, Love and Thunder. Ooh. Worst of the year. Uh, I like the image of the massive statue head floating in the sky. Um, I watched it with Emily, and she woke up in time for the hero to say, Goddess of war or petulant jerk, I'll always stand by you. 
That's a good slogan. Which we should work into future conversations whenever possible. Yes. That should be your code when you want to leave a party early or something. <laughs> God, it's a floral petulant joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Leonor from 1975. This is directed by Juan Bunuel, the son of Louis Bunuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 98 minutes. The eyeball slicer. Yeah. <laughs> Disapproving looks from Will there. Um, so it looks good on paper, given the cast and crew, and the posters are nice. Music by Ennio Morricone. Cinematography by Luciano Pavoli, who did Suspiria. Directed by the son of Louis Bunuel. Stars Liv Ullman. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Onella Muti and uh, Michel Piccoli. You've got a nobleman's wife, played by Ullman, who dies, so he immediately marries another local woman, played by Muti. Um, but ten years later, he misses his first wife so much that he has the devil bring her back and kills his new wife immediately. Mm. Uh, the revenant needs a supply of perfume and the lives of local children to stay frisky. <laughs> it's a pretty short story stretched thin and most of the visually interesting events take place off screen so a bit of a slog set during the black death and with a female vampire who goes about by daylight giving it a little unusual interest mm-hmm yeah yeah sounds so. like a winner mm-hmm putting it on my list now <laughs> uh pranks aka death dorm aka the dorm that drip blood is it pranks with an x no. See, that would be an 80s hair metal band. Pranks, spelled with like two X's. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, 1982, directed by Stephen Carpenter and Jeffrey Obrow, who did The Kindred and The Power. This is a video nasty. Um, special effects by Matthew Mungle. Debut film score by Christopher Young, hmm. who did Hellraiser and all those. Shot at UCLA in uh, December of 81 for $90,000. Wow. Um, so you get a bit of hand violence and struggling at a camp, strangling at a campus. Don't know who that guy was and never refers to him again. <laughs> uh, then we meet five students spending a couple of weeks cleaning out a condemned dormitory block. Did, did you do that? No. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> pretty soon a POV camera starts sneaking around. Uh, then you get the bodies start piling up. You get a baseball bat with nails, wire, garrot, uh, sedan to the face. Power drill to the noggin, cleaver to the guy who looks like Chris Novoselic, um, <laughs> boiled in a pressure cooker, and last one shot by a cop. It's got a surprising ending. It's the debut of Daphne Zuniga, uh, who was in Spaceballs and The Fly 2. Oh, yeah, okay. As Debbie, but she's not the final girl. Uh, often drags, but there's that Christopher Young score, so this might make a good ironing film. Uh, if they'd had a lighting budget, they could have made effective use of the location. All right, um, here's one I've wanted to see for decades. Uh, the Saragossa Manuscript from 1964. Have you heard of this one? No. No. What's that? Um, it's directed by uh, Wojciech Jerzy Hus. I probably mangled that horribly. Uh, three hours and two minutes. Mm, I can it, split into two. <laughs> well, there's lots of stories to it. It's like an anthology. And there's stories within stories. Oh, okay. Sometimes stories within stories. Well, I um, love that in movies. <laughs> So I wanted to see this one since seeing steals from it as a child. Um, if you're getting, if you're into getting your mind melted, try this epic of stories within stories. There's two halves which kind of mirror each other, and of course there's lots of doubling and visual rhyming. 
uh, starts with an officer in the Spanish extremities of the uh, Napoleonic Wars who comes upon this book during a battle and he's so engrossed in it, especially the erotic drawings, that when the enemy capture him, uh, their leader starts reading it too. Then we follow the adventures of that guy's father as he meets various natural and supernatural figures and he never makes it off of a mountain road to Madrid. So there's always like weird stories going on in it. So it's kind of like uh, last year of uh, Marion Bad meets uh, El Topo. Oh, so can you tell what's what's the main story and what's the B plots? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it doesn't make that confusing at all. You gotta pay attention because at one point there was like there was a, there was at least four stories hidden. Within yeah. each I other hate movies that demand attention. <laughs> yeah, what do they want from us? Yeah. I can't just play it in the background and mute while I look at my phone. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they call that now? They call it like secondary interest. Background films. watching. Passive yeah, watching. There's like, there's like a TV show is being prepared now where they're designed for people who are just wanting to have something on and have the, while they're looking at the phones. I feel like the characters could just. Well, kinda... I got to find a tall building now. That that was it. That did it. <laughs> that tears it. That tears it. That. Oh my God. It feels like the characters should be able to like slowly. Uh, stop talking and kind of drift off of the frame and then just you've got the set i think that would be kind of funny so i'll just finish off this page sure uh scream six have you seen this mm, one yeah six scream yeah yeah i want to talk talk about with, with ziggy um yeah so uh leans in more into the tragedy and the post-trauma aspects more but it makes it interesting and involving um more than one nod to Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> and this was also filmed in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, the subway scene is really good. I thought that was, that was nice. Yeah. Val Luton would, would have liked that. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of false starts. Very and... anxious. Yeah. Um, the Secret of the Blue Room from 1933, directed by Kurt Newman, who did The Fly. So at midnight in an old dark house, four men celebrate the birthday of Irene, the woman they all love. She's played by Gloria Stewart. Oh. The old Dark House, etc. Mm. Uh, one of the men, played by Lionel Atwill, tells the story of the Blue Room, which has been locked for 20 years, in which three people died all at 3 a.m. Uh, to prove their courage, the suitors agree to spend a night in the Blue Room. It's a good mystery, um, and the lead cast are good. I like the location. Could have done with more style and less talk. Uh, it's been remade twice. Hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. How about That's you, Will? Uh, I've watched some things. Okay. Let's see. I've got uh, The Flash. I watched <laughs> The Flash yeah. from this year. Um, as I told Jolien in the car, it's... On one hand, it's everything a comic book is. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did I... I don't remember how hand is. Like On the other book. hand, it's just exactly like a comic book. Um, it's got some really wonky computer effects that look <laughs> like maybe they were rendered on a souped-up Sega Genesis. Uh, I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. It is quite bizarre. Weird decisions. Very weird decisions. I've heard this from other reviews that, and I know... Uh, that this movie was like in development for 10 or 12 years 
And you can see, oh, these ideas would have been fresh 10 or 12 years ago. That would have been kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But now it's just old hat. It's just, wow. Everything's been done. Everything has been done. Let's see what else I watch. Maybe I watch something that hasn't been done. Uh, I watched Shed No Tears, which has been auto-corrected to Sheed No Tears. She she didn't have no tears. She didn't have no tears. This is, a, I think, an hour and four minutes long oh. noir. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, a old guy has married a, a younger new wife. She convinces him to fake his own death so they can get his insurance money. Sounds good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I go right for this. Uh, She certainly doesn't have a a man on the side that's waiting to swoop in once you have faked your death and left town uh, with only $500 in your pocket, and then she leaves you high and dry. (laughs) She'll shed no tears. She'll shed no tears. I enjoyed it because other than the son and his... <clears throat> fiance, everybody's kind of skeezy on some level. Like the detective they go to hire immediately blackmails the person they're investigating, the new wife. You know, so he has, oh, he has some great lines. He's very foppish. And he, uh, they walk in and he's like, How much money do you have? And they're like, $50. He's like, mm, I don't have much interest for $50. <laughs> <laughs> But they tell him something interesting. He's like, hmm, okay. Because he sees immediately how he can blackmail. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I watched uh, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Mm. Uh, wondering how this would play today. Um, huh. It's a bit strange. Um, and you've got Martin Beswick in it. Yeah. I'll have to watch that again. I'm not seeing that in ages. It is on Tubi. Okay. There's a whole smear of like... Uh, 70s British films. There's something, I can't remember the name, but a new movie uh, released this year. I want to say something Island or Isle. Um, it is a British folk horror shot like it was made in the 70s. Yes, yes. It in looks yeah. fantastic. I cannot wait. I mean, the editing, the film stock, everything from the trailer looks... Awesome to be. Uh, no, no, that's not out yet. Okay. It's, it's or it's out, but it's still pay rental. So okay, <clears throat> I think it's only five. Yeah, bucks, I want to so. see that one. Yeah, it. Watch the trailer um, if you can find it, because I won't give you the name. And it's like Ennis, Ennis Island, Ennis Island or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a. Not that the same subject matter, but it reminded me of the Love Witch, where they mm. just capture that look of the time on film, not just you know setting it back in the past, but making it look like it was made in the past. Uh, what else? I watched a uh, another. This is I don't know who made this one, but Curse of the Crimson Altar or Crimson oh, Cult. Yeah, with Boris uh, Carlyle and uh, Christopher Lee. <clears throat> do you think? Do you think they had a like great voice-offs backstage? Like, who could narrate this to sound creepier? You know, and then they give them like kids' books. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, the three little pigs. <laughs> what I remember from that one is when she's in the, the, the mm-hmm. blue makeup with the golden horns. 
Yeah, it starts off. Great. That's like the well, it starts off with. I guess in the seventies, you had more patience to watch unreadable text over, <laughs> you know, shots of bust in a in a musty old mansion. Mm-hmm. You know, their library. You can't ever read any the book covers. They're all blank. Uh, but it goes on for like two and a half minutes. You're like, yeah, and they pick the a lime green against sometimes way too light of a background, so you can't make out who who's in it. Um, but then the first scene is this green witch, as Jolene described, this horned headdress. Uh, there's an well. The first scene you see is a woman in pasties whipping somebody. Mm. <clears throat> Um, and then there's a big guy with horns on a helmet who's wearing like a leather apron that is tiny, and you can go, wow, this 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 might be something, and unfortunately, it cannot mm. keep up that that pace. Mm-hmm. I found the ending pretty bland because Christopher Lee just kind of accepts his fate and goes up on the building when it burns. You'd think he'd do a little bit more. Um, yeah, he seemed pretty subdued during the whole thing you know he's no lord summer isle in this um then i watched something called maniac care to guess which one there's mm. quite a few yeah i know there's like the, a the easy one tom savini exactly okay. i watched 1934's maniac uh, okay directed by the man who directed reefer madness right. who was ed wood before ed wood was ed wood oh wow ed wood David something. David something. Yeah, he sounds like a total sleaze who <clears throat> he was a uh, a landlord and somebody skipped out on their rent, but they left film equipment there. So he became a director, as one does. Hmm. Um, it shows you that Hollywood has really not changed at all. <laughs> you know, it's the same story of how crooked Hollywood is and how corrupting it is. It's also got an impressionist working for a mad doctor he got some nudity because it's pre-code yeah it's just uh, it's just improv it's horror. just nuts <laughs> it makes no sense the cat with it yes there's a whole uh scheme <clears throat> of skinning cats and feeding rats and mm. feeding rats to cats and Making coats. Cat gets his eye popped. <clears throat> oh, that's right too. Yeah, poor kitty gets his eye popped out. It's obviously they had some cat with a glass eye. And... <clears throat> yeah, they had some poor cat who already didn't have an eye because the previous take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're you're if you're squeamish about any sort of animal violence, uh, avoid any Italian movies or this one. Anything called Maniac. Anything called Maniac. It was it was something. I think it's only like. 60 minutes long yes. for that 57 minutes i don't even think it clears an hour so this director um, i just looked this up is uh, uh louis gaznier yes um french american film director well he's a parisian and uh you wouldn't think he would uh i don't know i i, I don't know how to second guess uh, what a parisian would think or do at all but especially not in the 1930s but uh Apparently, he had some different ideas. Yeah, uh, make them cheap, throw some tits in, and crank them out weekly. <laughs> Hope yeah. you make some money yeah. to pay for your booze. Your horrible, horribly crippling alcoholism. <laughs> I don't know if that if that's true for this gentleman, but I'm going to guess. He lived uh, from 1875 to 1963. Well, it didn't take him early anyway. 
No, no. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it's better than uh, Reefer Madness. Or The Flash. Or The Flash, yes. <laughs> Is wow. it better than any of the Transformer movies? Everything's better than the Transformer movies. <laughs> what about Birdemic? Nothing's better than Bird. You know, I've seen Bird Dimmick like four times now. <laughs> Maybe more. Uh, as I said last week, I watched a couple other James Wynn movies. He's. I've not watched the sequels to Bird Dimmick because he's been let in on the joke mm. and can't do anything good once you know you're a laughing stock. Right. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. Um,. Uh, anyway, um, how many movies does he have? Who? James Nguyen. Um, six, maybe more. It's about six too many, isn't it? He evidently earned a bunch of money uh, before the dot com bust of the late nineties, early aughts, uh, and loves Alfred Hitchcock and decided he was just going to make movies. Um, and he's married to someone who's a Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> That's what she told him. <laughs> and she's also a geneticist who runs some sort of VR company. And uh, she was backing out of the driveway and got bumped. And evidently that killed her Uh-oh. in a car wreck. So now he's very, the, the man who's whoever is very upset mm-hmm. until he meets a woman who kind of looks like her and he just starts stalking her and follows her right to her hotel room it, so, uh, it sounds like deleted deleted scenes from plan nine from outer space you wish it was that good uh <laughs> i i have to go back uh the the crimson culture crimson altar man the hero is pushy uh uh i don't remember who barbara Steele like kind of flirts with him at the beginning invites him to a party and he's just on her after that like you know first time he walks her back to her room he tries to get a kiss and she's like no hit the road and then he forces himself on her at the door but she tells him to go away and then at some point he just lets himself into the room and lays in her bed and won't leave until she gets close enough and he snatches her by the arm pulls her closer she goes with it I guess wore her down Hmm. It was a viable dating option in the sixties. <laughs> yeah, strangely it was. Um, I won't read all these because I have to save some, but I will tell you that I watched Above Majestic. Do you do you know what this is? I watched this. Oh, man. Okay, I talked about this on the show, and you may remember me saying, "Okay, so I." started in on this thing and by the end of it i was so pissed off that it was a QAnon thing it i doesn't, didn't I, I didn't even get that far it it lets you believe that it's something else and you're two-thirds of the way three-quarters of the way through the movie and it, and it just gets more outlandish and more stupid until you know you're just like okay i've heard enough about reptilians what the hell's going on here and then they start telling you some crazy QAnon. Uh, basically the, the foundation of, of, uh, Hillary Clinton drinks baby blood, but they terrify them. So they have, uh, what is that fucking, uh, chrome adrenochrome, adrenochrome in their blood. And it's extra. I have good word that Hillary's off all of that due to health concerns. Okay. Uh, 
So you didn't get that far in the... No, 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 because it starts off crazy, of course. That's uh-huh. what I wanted. Um, one thing, they can't keep their timeline straight at all. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's the early 40s. Sometimes it's the mid-50s. Sometimes it's the 60s. But these are all supposed to be events that happen in a sequence. So if you if your event from the 60s somehow happens before the 40s, maybe your story has some holes. Unless you're dealing with time travel. Maybe it Maybe does. they get to that. Um, and that has its own problems. We mm-hmm. won't go into time travel. But yes, I watched a, a UFO thing for you. Uh, how how far did you get in it? Mm, well, I started reading my phone immediately <laughs> and turned the sound off. Two and a half minutes, maybe? Which wasn't credits of hard-to-read letters over a similar colored background. I turned it right off. Won't hold my attention. Mm-hmm. I need a bust of Beethoven or Shakespeare or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this thing. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It's no worse than anything I watched in the 90s with David Icke. Mm-hmm. I think he, or Icky, as we I, called him. I, him. I met, met him. Oh, you met him? Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? Did you tell him you were a lizard person just to see what he did? <laughs> I just looked like one. He assumed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to tell him. Those are just British people. Yeah, this one was <laughs> when I was working uh, backstage at Glastonbury. Oh, okay. So he was doing a, you know, he had a tent there. Tent. Back that... in the this would be early nineties. Yep, that's when I first heard so of he, him. So he was a he was a sports commentator. I, yeah, did, did snooker and stuff. Yes, that's so what I understand. Just, like, everyone knew who he was, and then all of a sudden he was talking about you know joining the spaceship and stuff yeah. like that. And they're like, okay, you're not working for us anymore. <laughs> and so so snooker will warp your mind. I guess and he's still going. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty sad because he he'd like he'd tell us all about the you know your soul joining the spaceship and stuff like that, and he had all these like people who were apparently his followers. It was just like half a dozen people, minders and assistants and things around him, and then he went off, and then uh, I asked them, so do you believe in this stuff? And they said no, but you know it's money. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure David Icke is on one level doing the same thing. He may have uh, bought into his own lies. I think they call that shut-eye. When you become, you know, conned by your own con and you believe you're actually psychic or magical or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Icke. Yeah, uh, we, I was invited over to somebody's house to watch movies and then that's what she put in. I was like, oh, no. I knew, like, immediately. Oh, no. It's David Icke. How can I get out of here? <laughs> what was the What was the magic phrase again? <laughs> oh, um, impetuous <laughs> jerk. Goddess or impetuous jerk. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> then click your heels together three times and you're yeah. out. Wow. Uh, yeah, this, this, this thing ends up lizard people, total garbage. It, it, it's just ridiculous. But do you, do you want to hear um, the featured uh, user review? Yes. This is on IMDb. Uh, the, the, so it's official, people. Yes. The, the title line is, just watch it. It's in the government record. <laughs> like this. Just watch it. Or is it, just watch it. 
Uh, we all need just to just watch it. We all need to see this. It's information that we need to have. Just shut up, listen, and watch the whole thing. <laughs> you need to go into this with a non-judgmental perspective, or don't watch it at all. Okay. I don't understand the people giving this zero stars asking for quote unquote proof. You can <laughs> literally Google the cases and the records backing up what they are saying. Well, because if you find it on Google, yes. cl- clearly <laughs> it's true. There are former FBI employees being interviewed in this doc. There is some, this is something we need to see. Watch this, understand it, and share it. Well, I mean, the FBI buildings obviously have janitors and secretaries and whatnot. Just because they work for the FBI doesn't mean shit. Yeah. You know. Who wrote this review? Is it D. Ike? It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Randall, just R-A-N-D-L-28563. It's Davey I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, speaking of Tubi earlier. Yes. Uh which we often in do. The future. Uh, there's a movie on there called Creature from the Black Lake. Mm. Oh. Yes. I think you should watch it if you haven't already. It's about Bigfoot. Oh, wow. Or a skunk ape. Skunk ape, yeah. Or something along those lines. Yeah. It's got large feet. It's an upright, hairy <laughs> man. There's trees. There's some trees. Yeah. It may or may not be interdimensional. Yep. Yeah, that was quite fun. Yeah. I didn't watch it yet, but I was like, ooh. Maybe there was another one, another Bigfoot movie. I was like, oh, got to tell Richard. I have not found it again. There are so many of so them many now. now. And this one's oh. from 73, so oh. you're getting some real history yeah, there. It, Closer to the actual Bigfoot. sources. Prime Bigfoot. Prime Bigfoot. Tubi uh, is great. <laughs> it, it really is something. That wraps it up for me this week, I think. Uh, I will. Good night. I will, Good night. <laughs> I will keep this... Um, Mercifully short. Uh, I watched a movie. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I watched some stuff. Let's get to this. Watch uh, it already. Yeah. Just watch it and shut up and listen. It really should be the blurb on the box. Yeah. Just like sh- the whole review on the back. Just shut up and watch this already. <laughs> yeah, we all know. God damn it, you're making me so mad. Standing here reading the back of the cover instead of watching this. The truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jolien, what was that um, Sophia Loren movie where she's the pizza maker? Uh, Gold of Naples. Who? Gold of Naples. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I wanted to... Uh, Goal of Naples is, is what I Victoria De Sica. There we go. 1954, I think. Uh, looks like you... Um, the release date on... Well, if you can believe uh, Wikipedia, it's 57, but who knows? It's on the internet, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Google it. It's true. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, I just thought I'd add that to my list. Uh, so I did watch something that uh, you should just shut up and sit down and watch. It's called <laughs> E.T.'s Among Us 7 UFOs, CIA and the Assassination of JFK. <laughs> All right. All right, you got me Sound, on some of that. Sounds like I'm making this it up. This is on the Richard Channel, right? Yeah, but this is this this is a Peabody Award-winning journalist. Oh, Linda Moulton Howe. Oh my God, I love Linda Moulton Howe. Me too. Me too. I think she's great. I, uh, uh, this was 20 years ago, but I always thought she was like late 40s, maybe in her 50s at that time. And I saw a picture of her. I think she was younger than me at the time. She was like 20. How do you have that voice? 
So weird, isn't it? She sounds like a, I don't know, like a middle-aged school teacher or something. <laughs> well, um, I will just read the blurb for you here. The storyline is that Peabody Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe, JFK experts Robert Morningstar and Jim Mars, and, and psychic CEO Sebastian Martin narrate this shocking expose of the unknown hidden motivations for the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Writing in a letter his desire to share the government's most highly classified secret with the American people, Kennedy inadvertently signed his own death warrant. And apparently, you know, I've heard that he told Marilyn Monroe a bunch of this stuff, too, and she ended up dead as well. So you know, a whole well, year before. Make of that what you will. It took and them longer. certainly someone who didn't have any problems before with mental health or drug addiction. No, she had that no. stuff under control. She was living clean. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, 10 days later, JFK was assassinated. Okay. Um, partially burnt documents rescued from the fireplace of deceased counterintelligence chief James Jesus Engleton provide irrefutable proof of the secret orders to murder JFK. It goes on a bit more, but you get the idea. Um, so Bigfoot killed JFK. It does eventually get a lover's quarrel. (laughs) Yes. Anything that starts with the evidence being supplied by a psychic it's true you know it's true they can't lie no 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 psychic has ever lied before they're bound by profession to not lie Uh uh-huh uh and we watched several episodes of a discovery of witches which 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 launched in uh 2018 and then just kind of disappeared i wonder what was going on between then and now might disrupt entertainment i can't think of anything conspiracy of visit yeah, it probably, was probably the some... lizard people were hacking into the internet. They take it down for a couple of years. Do you remember the, the great adrenochrome shortage of 2020? Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Couldn't get a baby anywhere. Yeah. The whole town is dry. Yeah, it was parched, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. This, uh, this series um, basically tracks the, the um, uh, career moves of, of uh, this woman who... I think knows that she's a witch, but is discovering that maybe she's more powerful than she thought. And, uh, she meets up with some other powerful witchy people and then some vampires, you know, you know, where it goes from there. I wish it was called powerful witchy people, (laughs) powerful witchy people, shiny, witchy people, shiny, (laughs) witchy people. Yeah. So, uh, it's got, I want to say three seasons total. Um, yeah. Um, Eugenia was into the book series and started watching this. Oh, God, there's books? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of books. She uh-huh. met the lady, too. She was here at Tattered Cover or something. Huh. Wow. Well, um, it, it's, again, this is one of those shows where it's worth a look. But It's uh, a show. It's a it's show. It's on. Yeah. If your eyes happen to be gazing upon it, yeah. fear not. I would say that's probably a good a good point in which I've said everything I could say about what I've watched recently. Um, let's talk about your pick, Will. Um, Infinity Pool. Okay. Uh, this one um, is a 2023 science fiction horror film written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. So you picked it. Yes. Uh, were you excited to see that the Cronenberg name was going to be carried on in goopy horror? Yes. So, I have not seen uh, Possessor yet. I really need to sit down and watch it. I haven't either. Um, I have. Yeah. What'd you think? 
that's <laughs> kind of why I haven't watched it because pretty much all the reviews I've been, yeah. But I really enjoyed Infinity Pool. Yes. Um, I thought it, it had a weird premise. It had some real gritty, awful people in it, which I love in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing disgusting, gritty, awful things to one another. It's, you know. Do you think do you rich think... people being depraved? Yeah, I, I'm signed up. One of them played by Mia Goth. I mean, no, anytime, any movie she's in from now on, I'm in. Right, hundred percent in. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. It could be a Transformer movie, but have you seen uh, A Cure for Wellness? No, I need to watch that. That's the first movie where I noticed her. Okay, she's not in it that much, but it's like always. You know, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that woman has no eyebrows. Absolutely none. Does she shave them? Do you think that... Are they just real pale? Do you think her character is that crazy, that depraved, that unhinged? Does she become more unhinged or does she just start to, you know, drop her cover? That's a good question. I believe it's the latter. She dropped her cover after a while. Yeah. Well, you should give us a quick plot outline. So oh, thank you. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it's I sure as hell don't want to do it. <laughs> super easy. Yeah, yeah. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so, um... Uh, if your clone was holding a gun to your head right now, <laughs> and you had to I would a, choose a, the child to stab me. <laughs> right. I'm not going to explain any of these references on the show. <laughs> uh, no, a couple goes to somewhere... We don't know where. It's some little resort. The the seaside country of Litolka. Yeah. Which isn't real, obviously. No, it's not. Um what is his name? James? Yes. Uh James Foster. James is a failed author. He's got one book to his name that nobody read. And uh he's got writer's block. And he's Suffering some self-doubt. His wife is successful and supports him. Uh, She comes from money. Um, They're at this resort, and he meets... um, What is her name? Mia Goss. I don't remember her character's name. Uh, I meant to rewatch this and then let time get away from me. Yeah, she plays Gabby. Gabby. So Gabby and her husband... um, Gabby has read James's book and is a fan. So she says. Um, Of course, he completely buys into it immediately. Um, She is a professional fail artist, which is fantastic. Um, Right off the bat, you're like, okay, this movie's nuts. I don't know what that is, but she explains it perfectly. It almost seems like a real job you could have. Well, yeah, you see all those infomercials where they're trying to sell you a product, and there's always that bumbling idiot that can't untangle a simple garden hose. Yeah. And she demonstrates it by, oh, I can't cut this bun. I need the bun chop. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a funny product name. What was the, uh, there used to be a subreddit that was like that. that was oh, like, it was uh, where did, where'd the, where'd soda, the soda go? Yeah, Brian told me about that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, people fumbling with the spaghetti strainer. Right. Burning the house down. <laughs> uh, as one would do if they're a failure. Um, the, uh, Gabby and her husband invite uh, James and his wife out to the countryside, to the beach, to have some drinks and enjoy the day. They're not supposed to leave the resort, though. So he bribes somebody. Uh, I don't remember the 
Gabby's husband's name. Uh, he was Albin. Albin. Uh, Albin bribes somebody and gets a car, and they go out and have a lot to drink. And uh, some other things happen. Uh, they all have too much to drink, and James decides to drive them home. And then he runs over a poor peasant crossing the road. Um, well, he has uh, the the headlights are misbehaving. Yeah, they're they're just blinking in and out, and he's he's trying to fiddle with the knob to fix it, and then looks up just in time to see. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why you should pull over before you start fiddling with the lights. Yeah, <laughs> but then you wouldn't have a movie, would you? You would. He's, he's a bit. He's the least drunk of them, and he's also thinking about his adultery with. Uh huh. Yeah. Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's into her, and she appears to be into him. It was a hand job. It was a hand job, yes. A handful. <laughs> uh, it's got to fuck with your brain. I'm pissing, now I'm coming. It's got to be <sighs> weird, right? That was on the box, I think. No context. <laughs> right. Uh, Just watch it. Yeah, and just the, shut up and watch it. The next morning, uh, James is arrested by local police and hauled into the he and his wife were hauled into the police station separated and uh, he finds out he's given the death sentence for killing someone um but they're willing to make a clone of him and kill the clone in his stead immediately you wonder is are they really killing the clone or are they killing you well, okay. Th- this Which whole, comes up later. It and, does. And Gabby decides, fuck it, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Which is always the, the opinion I had when it was presented as a as a Star Trek transporter. Yeah. You know, how does that work? Does it just erase you mm-hmm. on one end and reassemble a new person on the other? Yeah, but if you have all the same thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories, then it doesn't... Exactly. But what if there are two of you at the same time, both with the same thoughts, feelings, and emotions um, who's real the one i guess they both are the one that's more convinced that they're real will want to kill the other one mm. uh, apparently that's human nature the one with the goatee is the evil one. <laughs> yeah. that's the easiest way to, to decide those things in japan it's like extra mascara <laughs> okay if they had both you know you're, oh, yeah ooh. yeah if that woman turns up with extra mascara and a goatee then you know yeah that is evil doppelganger. That is my evil doppelganger. I love movies with doppelgangers. I've always thought doppelganger was a fun word. Uh, so is is this is this a thing where we're, we're to understand this underdeveloped country only has two speeds: the uber rich resorts and the peasant countryside. The government itself, I mean, must be rich if they own all this cloning equipment. Or is this set in the near future where maybe everybody's got this? I kind of took it as I, this is not supported, I'm sure, by anything in the in the movie. But I took it as perhaps they were a former Soviet bloc country or something along those lines that they still had this equipment. Mm. Okay, but it was not something they had, you know, developed on their own. It wasn't widely used anymore, probably because it had issues. <laughs> Yeah. So they ended up with it. Let's let's figure they ended up with it. Maybe they're not that rich to have developed it. Yeah. Um, let's figure they probably didn't um, based on the fact that, you know, they're driving crappy Jeeps or whatever. And uh, 
so they, they offer this as a service that you could pay for. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't just like, oh, we'll do this for you because you're nice. No, it's just if you're rich. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're rich and we've caught you doing something you shouldn't, we'll, we'll let you have your clone Buy executed. your way out, kind of. But didn't it seem to you that um, that when they uh, got when they got uh, James, uh-huh. when they got his clone tied up with the weird gown with the abdomen open on it, um, that he was fumbling with English? He was like, "Duh, no, no." He was like, couldn't make words quite right. Hmm. I didn't get that. I just took it as he's did, freaked out. Did you rewatch it? I did not. Yeah, I watched it a second time, and it, I did seem to notice that. Like, he was just, you know, aware enough and conscious enough to, like, get a few words out. Mm. So I, I think we, yeah, can, I we think, can say that was the clone. Yeah, yeah. That I, time. I got the feeling that, yeah, that clone, I, I remember now that, yeah, that clone was, like, remembering Mm-hmm. The other person's life for putting that together, kind of remembering where he was, mm-hmm. waking up, I guess, and then he's killed. And, and that's and that's the person, that's the son of the person who was killed in the yes. car yes. accident. That's what I understood, too. Uh-huh. Um, so later in the movie, uh, now, if you can clarify this for me, uh, they start just popping clones out right and left. Hmm. How do they do that? They keep committing crimes. Okay. And they can just, just pay like, for a new one. They just like put it on my Amex. Basically. Okay. Yeah, they've found a way to, you know, be completely reprehensible. Because the, 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 the group that sucks James in uh-huh. be, does this every year. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. And they go through quite a quite a few clones they don't so. just vacation there they do this yeah. deliberately every year yeah, they, yeah. They, they pick someone and they do the, okay it's you know mostly for laughs and for them yeah so then you can go break into people's houses and terrorize yeah they them. can do what they want they can do whatever they want which takes just being wealthy and not held accountable to a new level because you right. can be held accountable but not really because it's your clone mm-hmm um uh, so then James, eventually, after a lot of uh, uh, drug-filled, sex-filled nights of debauchery, he gets tired and tries to leave, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he gets on the bus. He gets on the bus, but they, uh, Gabby and, and all her friends, the whole group, stop him. And, then, and his wife's already gone back at this point. Yeah, she's left him. Yeah. Because he couldn't get out of the country because he couldn't. Get his passport. Yeah, he says he can't find his passport. Yeah. Um, Which they clearly hid from him. He hid it. But it turns out that he hid it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he goes under the sink and gets it later. Okay, Mm -hmm. go on. Um, And then they make him walk in front of the car (laughs) while shouting (laughs) terrible reviews that were left for his book, which you get the feeling that that was all real. And she tells him that she didn't read it. Yeah, which... Man, that's got to be a crushing blow. Yeah. You didn't even really like me. I mean, I know you're evil and all, but you didn't even really <laughs> like me. You're mean. <laughs> He's got issues. Um, yeah, but this was a this was a weird uh Cronenbergian film, you know. 
Yeah, the weird cutout in the gown made me think of like Dead Ringers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a lot of little dad's touches. Do you do you think with like James being this guy who's got to prove himself, there's a bit of autobiography going on from Brandon Cronenberg? I imagine, yeah, mm. that he feels like people will view him as a clone of his dad. <laughs> Is he his own man? You know, I mean, how much. Imagine growing up a Cronenberg. Yeah. You know, unless his dad is just completely normal at home. Do you you feel (laughs) like... Keeps all the weirdness in his head and for his movies. Which is probably totally possible. I think Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of authors and movie makers who the kids had no idea. I mean, like, even a monster like Stanley Kubrick uh, would not let any of the kids working on The Shining uh, know that they were working on something scary. Yeah. You know, like Danny had no idea, Danny Lloyd, and the um, oh, the Grady twins, the the actors who played them. Uh, yeah, they they didn't know either. They're but just. But I still have this image of like if you go into the, the David Cronenberg kitchen, all the the, like, the salad servers, these semi organic <laughs> shapes. <laughs> these, yeah, these goopy undulating things. Things look futuristic, but they're. Also old at the same time, well used. Yeah. Recycling bin's got a sphincter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So does the typewriter. <laughs> so here's a question that, that that I wanted to ask both of you since this movie um, kind of sparked this with me. Does this make clones, replicants, anything like that scary again? Like, did we just kind of get used to them and it was not that big a deal? Does this make the whole concept of cloning... Uh, having a copy or having a, a robot double, does it make it scary again? Uh, I wasn't scared of the clones. I felt pity for the clones. They're the ones who were made to be the Yeah, they're the, the monstrous rich people. Sacrifice. But I, but I mean like everything that goes with it. Like you could be replaced mm-hmm. by somebody who isn't really you. You know, that, I don't know. Yeah. Does it make it? I mean, maybe not scary. Maybe that's not the right word. Does it? Does it? Does it make it um, a more enticing subject for a story again? I think. I suppose. Yeah. I I like that they used these clones as a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Instead of just being replaced or fear of being replaced, you know, they could have gone the the obvious route. And his wife is different now. Yeah. But like Gabby says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't if, matter who, which I'm one clone, you are. I'm identical. And yeah. I care. <laughs> so what does that say of Brandon is using this as a kind of, am I? Does the cloning does process. Does it matter if I'm my dad? <laughs> does, does the cloning process copy like all of your scars and f- your fillings in your teeth, for example? Seems to. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you'd be able to like go, I remember getting, you know, a crown on this tooth and now Where's my appendix scar? Yeah, I feel like I have an appendix in there somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, would they clone you with a new appendix? Or would you just be cloned without one? That's a good question. Because yeah. they seem to be the exact same age you are. There doesn't seem to be any growth there. It's like done in an hour. Clones right. in an hour while you wait. Yeah. It's like uh while you wait get a duplicate. <laughs> yeah. Well I, I kind of felt it was because uh, uh, I couldn't figure out how they had this super advanced technology. Uh I thought I 
maybe this is something that was magical. This is like something that's been in the oh, history of this country. That's, and then, yes. But now they've monetized it. It's reserved for the uh, rich. Ah. Uh, yeah, there is a, some sort of festival going on with a bunch of masks on the island. And, uh, yeah. And, it, and it's like a, it's a pool of blood. It's like a, another infinity pool, right? Uh-huh. And he, he, and he's, he's like dunked in the blood, and that's, the, that's all we see of it, of the yeah. process. So it's kind of a blood ritual more than a, you know, lab thing. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks uh, technical, but yeah, it does right. have that feel. Oh, by the way, do you know so, uh, that that the, the, there is that room where they've got the uh, clone on the slab mm -hmm. and Rashid? That's the same um, power station they filmed the it, for the monsters. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's in um, um, uh, what's the city? Um, Budapest. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, because yeah, the... it's like Art Nouveau sort of beautiful power station room. Oh, okay, yeah. It's been the, in a bunch of movies, apparently. The filming location, the countries for filming locations include Canada, Croatia, and Hungary. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you remembered something about the Rob Zombie Monsters movie. Yeah, I like that that location. <laughs> yeah. Um, next episode, there's a Rob Zombie thing I want to talk to you both about. Don't let me forget. Okay. This is... This is going to, you're not going to believe this. You are not, you are, you're going to want to get over, done recording this sooner because you're going to want to hear this. Okay. I'm not overselling it at all. I never no. do. I never do that. Should we wrap it up? Just shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and watch it. Do we give this thing a recommend? I give it a recommend. I don't <laughs> well, want to yeah, talk no. too much about yeah. it because it's, yeah, fun. I it was excellent. Yeah. I really liked yeah. it. I mean, uh, Movies feel very sexless and bloodless now. Mm. Um, I think that's the effects of Marvel and whatnot. Yeah. Marvel, you wouldn't think anybody ever had sex or romance <laughs> anywhere in the universe. They may know those words, but they don't know those emotions. Um, you know, uh, and I feel it's affected a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants to put out a hard R movie anymore. Well, yeah, this this getting an NC seventeen initially, um, you know that this probably is a hard R because they just did a few re-edits till the MPA was just like, okay, okay, fine, you got. <laughs> We're it. tired of watching your We're movie. We don't want to watch it again. We secretly do, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the initial cut got an NC seventeen. So, which means um, there will be an unrated version. It's, it's out, yeah, yeah, for streaming, and unless that's what I already watched. Disc. Or maybe, yeah. I don't know. But, um, uh, or maybe buying this one. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is a good one. Um, you'll be happy to know the critical response if you, if you want to just use Rotten Tomatoes, which is an aggregator. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an aggregator. So it's taking all the data in and it's churning it around. I and think it's an agitator. Everybody gets back pissed out. off reading Rotten, they, rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's one of those things, I think, if, if you like the movie and it says something favorable, then you're like, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. And then if it's the other way around, then, yeah. Who are these morons? Yeah, these idiots. Uh, well, the approval rating calculates out to an 86% based on 227 reviews. So it was basically, um, for whatever reason, 86% came from the average rating of 7 out of 10. I don't know how that math works. Um, 
Well, that's the average there. Yeah, but if it's an average of 7 out of 10, wouldn't that be a 70 and not an 86? But what do I know about math? Um, I know it's not English. Right? That's, it's, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not art. It's certainly not art. Yeah. Well, it's, um, there, there are some problems, of course, with the plot, you know, but generally, you know. What problems do you have yeah. with the plot? Um, I kind of feel like our main character would, would be like, you know what? I've played along long enough. I need to just like sneak out while these idiots are passed out from a night of debauchery. Where's he going to go? Uh, He's lost his passport. He's hidden it from himself. So how did he... Does hide- that not mean the, he... Yes, is his journey to discovering himself. Okay, fair enough. Um, um, so did did, a, did his clone hide it or did he hide it and he is his clone? That's kind of... It has to be that. They're, they're playing into his... They're bringing out the worst of himself. Yeah. And, and he likes it. He likes it at first, but then I think he just discovers that his true nature is, I am not that person. Um, because by the end of it all, he just wants to leave. They won't let him. They injure him. Um, finally, when he realizes he can leave, he just wants to go sit in the rain. So is he punishing himself? No, I think... Uh, because at the end, they all leave. They're just going home and going back into their daily routine. They're, they're rich people lives. Because yeah. they've, they're, they're, he's not, he didn't start out rich. He's not rich. Right, he's he, with somebody who's like rich. living off of M. Yeah. But um, uh, they've always been rich. Yeah. Uh, so they're like this all the time. They can buy themselves out, out of anything. Yeah. And this takes it to the extreme. But with him... Uh, he's the only one of them who's actually transformed, who's actually discovering something about himself he didn't know before. Okay. Or letting something out. So he's more at home there by the end of the movie. Um, You can't go home again. Yeah, you you can never return to his... Because he's not a sociopath like the others. Right. And and I do feel like there's something, like you, you said, that uh, getting dipped in that pool that just appears to be blood. We don't see any any real electronics or anything going on. Uh, so that's a blood ritual. But at the very end, um, he welcomes the monsoon, the rain. So he's mm-hmm. he's being cleansed of, of all of that. He's reborn by that time because he's, he's killed his animal self. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, they call it the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's been reborn. There's always, like, he suckles on Gabby's teeth. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. He's... Yes, I forgot that. That was... Yeah. yeah. Imagine that rubs some people the wrong way. Yeah, with all the blood especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are freaked out by that kind of stuff. Oh, people. They just haven't You're seen them. Silly. They haven't seen the movies we've seen. <laughs> Your silliness. A little bit of blood gonna bother you. Boxer's Omen. Watch that. <laughs> this won't freak you <laughs> they out. Yeah. Come back and tell us what's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So his character has been reborn. Or has at least killed his worst self. <laughs> and he's there being cleansed by the rain and doesn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Or at least doesn't want to leave yet. Yeah. I mean, he may not stay there, but, you know, soon, as soon as his soon-to-be ex-wife's credit card is shut, <laughs> shut off, then they're going to kick him out. Right, right. 
Yeah. As soon as yeah I wonder what'll it. happen if they'll send him home or if he'll be stuck on the island. He'll actually be killed. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they arrest him for his crimes that they haven't yet discovered he's guilty of. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have money to pay his way out. Hmm. Maybe that's what he's waiting for at the end. Yeah. That punishment that he, he knows he he's been getting out of. He, right. Maybe he feels he deserves it. Yeah. He's just waiting for the retribution. That could be. He's not a clever writer who's wealthy. He's just some schlub. If he was a decent writer, he would have been able to see what those folks were up to. He, he could have put it together. You think so? Not really. No. <laughs> I don't know that writers can, you know, see what... They they appeal to his vanity. and Yeah. That's, you know, he was a writer. He's an artist. He yeah. really wants that, you know... Yeah. Validation, I guess, from people. And if it's Mia Goth telling you your book was great, are you going to doubt her? <laughs> Even if she has no eyebrows, which is mm-hmm. quite odd. Yeah. She reminds me of, what's her Queen name? Queen Elizabeth the yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. No exactly. eyebrows on her either. <laughs> Couldn't I mean, trust her. Fewer pimples and bad teeth, but. Yeah. <laughs> I think she even kind of has a high forehead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Five head. Five head. Um, so shall we do the recommends? I mean, did yes. we talk enough about the plot and our theories on who's what and what they did? Well, once again, we're faced with a good movie. Therefore, we have nothing to say about it. Right. Uh, because our show is fueled with hate. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all dead inside because all we watch are horror movies. That's right. So we expect the worst in people and the worst situations to always arise. Yeah. You know. Well, um, that being said, recommend? Totally, if you're a sicko like I am. <laughs> Julian? Yep. Same. Uh, yeah, and, and, and again, I don't understand the math of 7 out of 10 coming out to an 86%. But I do feel like I would give this a solid, you know... Eight or nine out of ten, just like it's, it keeps your attention. It's um, some of it keeps you guessing. You have to theorize on how something came about or how it works or what up with that. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, oh god, really? These people just get more horrible. Oh, they were horrible all along. They just start to let you know a little more. Okay, then it all makes sense by the end. Yeah, I don't think you start off with a home invasion without some practice. Right. You, know, you don't just jump into that. You yeah. Start with smaller crimes. We'll break your way up. Yeah. It would be like if the movie The Strangers started out with, you know, someone just needing a little help and gradually uh, they just get creepier as they're already invited into your house. Yeah. Instead of just coming in the house. So, yeah. Uh, so next week, my pick is Werewolf by Night. It's going to be that, uh, that, uh, black and white version, mostly black and white version of a, a Marvel story. So, uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. Anything else before we get out of here? Um, no. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was suspenseful. Wasn't it? Yeah. Let's... I could have dragged it out <laughs> even longer. <laughs> Yeah, well, I could do that in an edit if you want. Well, <laughs> I like that time we slowed it down. You know, we slowed down a playback into the mic so you could 
Yeah. Sounded like we were drunk. <laughs> hey, man. We'll have to do that again. I could get really drunk and then do it for real. <laughs> we should do that sometime. We only have one or two drinks when we do this. Yeah. We should just get hammered. <laughs> I know the audience has to before they listen to us. You know. Or so they just leave the podcast on play and it rolls around to us at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, that being said, listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, stay out of the infinity pool. place and i'd be oh somebody's mother i guess it kind of was yeah i didn't see that but i was appalled by the fact that i mean they just dropped the pizza boxes straight down you that's you can still eat that yep oh yeah yeah you know cheese scrapes right off even if you drop it face down <laughs> yeah but it didn't i mean they in had, the box if you drop say, it face down out of the box yeah you got to be quick in a lot in los angeles parking <clears throat> garage uh, yeah, yeah. If it's I, under five seconds, I, it's fine. <laughs> but wasn't most of it still in the box? It was all in the box. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> you don't leave it. <clears throat> you either take it with you or you go back and get three more pizzas. But once you've committed to pizza night. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, it's settled. Yeah, you're not switching and you're not giving up. I don't think they'd have enough money to go get more pizzas, so they're probably eating scraped off pizza yeah, the first time i watched this i, I really disliked the kids yeah they they just seem to be giving her a hard time and then they go out and get food and they trash it all <laughs> they drop all the drinks and abandon the pizzas and they bring an evil book and records oh, yeah, there's that the too. too yeah i wasn't fond of them i mean the funny <laughs> The boy playing DJ in his room was hilarious. That was good. Playing to his imaginary crowd. I did enjoy that. But uh, the little girl was making a uh, some sort of a stabby staff. Staffany. Staffany, that's what she called it. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good for a kid, you know. <laughs> she had mom's good scissors. Staffany, yes. Did, did both of your, did you grow up with a mom who was like, where's my good scissors? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The sewing scissors don't cut paper with them. No. I don't know why, but that was the rule. My mom bought a pair of Fiskars uh -huh. when we were kids. With the orange handles. And those were the quote-unquote good scissors? Yeah. Yeah. 
Where's, you just didn't use those. Yeah, you didn't touch them. Uh uh-uh. uh Where's my good scissors? Mm-hmm. Like if 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 you just put that on a like a, a needlepoint thingy on the wall, <laughs> every American kid knows that. Probably. But you didn't have that, Juliana. No. no. Were they all just good scissors or? <laughs> All the scissors in Britain don't, don't mess about with pointy objects. I, I know I, I did because uh, apparently I I got out a knitting needle and was testing the electric fire. Ooh, that's a good one. I was stripping wire with a pair of good scissors and I cut the fuck out of my hand. Oh, no. And then what do you do? You have to go tell your parent because your hand is bleeding. And they're going to find out what you did. There's no hiding that oh man it didn't hurt which was wild it's just one of those where you look down and then blood everywhere yeah like huh just like this movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah all the all the neighbors are possessed and then uh i don't remember how they ended up getting killed one by one uh mom's body in the, in the hallway and uh, she attacks them all. So they turn into zombies? Uh-huh. Some of them. Oh, okay. So some, some of them didn't. Some of them were... to They just seemed to be dead. So she killed them, and if they reanimated, they reanimated. And if they didn't, they became part of the... The... Um... Marauder. Is that the what, Marauder, Is that what yeah. it's called? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that was um, that was sort of... Yeah, uh... that, that's, the, that's the evil family... Yeah. The thing that the Beth is afraid of becoming subsumed into a family unit. Oh. So she's she's left the family and come back. And then you've got this mother who's struggling to hold it all together and she's been abandoned by everybody. Mm. And uh, and then and she falls victim, which is very sad. Yeah. And then but then and then she becomes part of this evil family unit that Beth um Thoughtfully feeds into the wood chippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beth and Cassie escape. And that's it. Do yeah. they? Well. They're covered in the blood. I, and then, then this, this is my question. Do they have to bite you or cut you? They is, can look through the peephole and get you. <laughs> right. They don't even have to be in the same room. You just have to look at them wrong or they look at you wrong. And you're possessed because the Bridget was possessed that way. Hmm. I guess she had been cut on the cheek. Okay. But that was with the tattoo needle. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand the rules. Uh, like, I like to have the rules. Like, they don't need to be info dumped on me, but I, I, I like them to be, you know, at least clued in. or What it is, what it does, how yeah. can we stop it? Yeah, what do it do and what do it don't? Yeah. Is what I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was annoyed that the priest left his his warning onto the last record <laughs> instead of numbering them the other way. So people didn't yeah. listen. Kind of did it's kind like, of... a you know, if you were cutting the wires of bomb, they're like, cut the blue wire. But first, and you're like, fuck, I just cut the blue wire. Boom. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I kind of uh, didn't didn't mention this part that uh, there is an earthquake. It opens up a hole in the parking garage, which down, is the old bank vault. Down which, yeah, someone yeah, from the records, someone had repurposed a bank vault to store their stuff. I think it was hidden in the vault, 
and it was still there when the bank went under and yeah. whatever. <laughs> that vault was hidden and, and never opened. And apparently that's the that's Bruce Campbell's cameo. He's one of the voices on the records. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I heard that mentioned on a on some review of this. Um so we got the we got the records explaining the Necronomicon and how to not mess with it and the Necronomicon. Yeah, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, whatever they call it. Um different different style to it for sure with the Yeah, I like the design with the, the teeth the teeth binding. Yeah. The teeth clasp, yeah. That's kinda cool. Um nice spooky illustrations. But the kid dripped blood onto it, otherwise maybe this whole mess wouldn't have gotten that far. Stupid I mean, kid. Yeah. Kids, man. Fucking kids. They ruin everything. Uh, yeah. So, so we got uh, a couple of, sh- you know, for fun, a couple of shining references. We got the, the zooming evil, which turned out to be a drone. Um, we, there was a cabin, so we did get that. You know, don't stay in an A-frame cabin. <laughs> Every bad thing that's happened in movies in the woods lately, it's been an A-frame. A-frames, yeah. 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 A-frames are, are the new... Um, they, they draw down evil. Yeah. yeah. A-frames are the new cottage. I guess they? so, yeah. There, there's an eyeball gag. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's an eyeball that goes down someone's throat, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one guy gets his eye bitten out somehow, and then uh, she spits in the other guy's throat or <sighs> across the room. happens to end up in his mouth, and he chokes on it. <sighs> one yeah. in a million shot, Doc. Yeah, one in a million <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's yet another one that's you just sort of fan service but also just a gross thing that if you didn't know about evil dead 2 then probably enjoy it anyway mm-hmm. um yeah the next uh the next morning after all of, after all of the evil is uh dispatched into the wood chipper and um beth and cassie escape <clears throat> question mark um Jessica goes to the parking lot uh, to leave, and she's attacked by an unseen force. Um, are we going to get another one of these, do you reckon? Probably. This one did well. So, <laughs> so, then, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, estimated budget of 15 to $19 million. It made $146.7 million. So I guess that alone answers the question, will they make another one? Mm-hmm. Continue uh, to make them until they're proved no longer financially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, successful. How many millions on top of budget does it need to make for them to say, "Let's do another one"? Uh, it has to earn at least twice to get yeah to cover advertising, cover advertising, and everything. And then with creative accounting, it never turns a profit, <laughs> no if, matter how many royalties you were owed. Yes, Return of the Jedi still has made no money. Uh huh. So. Yep. Well, um, did we did we pretty well cover all of the high points of this one and the low points of this one? Spectacularly. Yeah, I'd like to think we did. Um, how do you think it? Rather than doing recommends right away, I have to ask: How do you think this one compares or or presents itself? Um, I don't think of Evil Dead as the first movie. I think of Evil Dead 2 as the the better version of the first movie. Because it's just the first movie with money and more humor. Mm. 
I think I prefer the first one. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw the first one first. Yeah. And uh, although I really appreciate Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. Evil Dead 1 was gritty and made me feel a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily scared, but perhaps a tad worried about evil books. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it really stuck with me. Uh, and then I saw Evil Dead 2 years later. Do you think of the first three movies as a package, or do you think of them? I think the first two and then Army of Darkness is something else. It's a different animal? Yeah. I always think of Army of Darkness as a different animal than... I usually just think Uh, of the second movie. Maybe the same family, but, you know. I just feel they're progressively more comedic and fantasy. Yeah. From the the first one's the gritty horror, and the second one's the comic nicer remake. Mm-hmm. And then the third one's going further into fantasy. It's fantasy and it's silly and fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you think of those things as a progression, yet still a package, Sam Raimi's involved, Bruce Campbell's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they diverge from that completely to make the Fede Alvarez remake in, what was it, 2014? Ten years ago-ish, anyway. Um so that one's, like I said, a little stern and a little serious and just, uh, as we discussed, it doesn't really get you too much caring about the characters for, I don't know why, I don't know why, but we, but we seem to agree on that. Now we got this new one. Where does that fall in the whole, not counting this t- the TV series? Um, it's the fourth best one. <laughs> after one two three <laughs> whatever this would be five but four four is at the bottom yeah yeah Jolien, do you agree with that uh i go one and then the tv series and then this one oh, oh okay. wow i think for me it's evil dead 2 then the first one, then Army of Darkness, then this one. And then Distant Fifth is the 2014 remake. Uh, TV series, I can I consider it kind of separate, but if I had to say wedge it in there somewhere, it would be somewhere next to Army of Darkness. I don't know on which side of it. <laughs> but uh, I still have to watch that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, recommends. Yes. Yeah, you're a little hesitant. No, actually, I I like this movie quite a bit. It yeah. was entertaining. It, uh, unlike the uh, the latest Marvel movies I watched, I wasn't just tuned out at some point. <laughs> this does keep you engaged. Yeah, I was engaged. Yeah, like I wasn't thinking about, oh, is there a load of laundry I need to go switch or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really should get around to grouting, regrouting those bathroom tiles <laughs> <laughs> before it gets soaked in blood. Yeah. Julian, what about you? Recommends? Yeah, I recommend this. And if you liked it, watch Demons Two. Demons Two. Okay. In fact, what's funny is I've got uh, Night of the Demons sitting over here, which <laughs> is another funny uh, demon possession movie. Um, I do recommend this. Yeah, I don't have any hesitation to recommend it. And you get you get some little Easter eggs here and there, and you, you brought up the Henrietta's Pizza, which I didn't even catch that. I didn't see the name on it, so 
there's probably a few more hiding in there. I'm sure. All right. So uh, next time is going to be your pick, Will. You don't have to think of it now, but... Uh, Infinity Pool. It's going to be Infinity Pool. Yes. Scar, so scar. I'd like to watch it again. Awesome. Goth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will's going to run away with me a goth. on Hulu, right? Yes, it's on Hulu. All right. Well, uh, shall we call it a show? It's a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay out of the bank vault.